0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Praise Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He replied to him, Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbitrator? Then he said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed, for though one may be rich, One's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do, for I do not have space to store my harvest? And he said, This is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build bigger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods, and I shall say to myself, Now, as for you... You have so many good things stored up for many years. Rest, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. The Gospel of the Lord It's been an exciting first month, and I, I just know there's going to be more excitement as we, as we go along. But we hear these readings today, and you think, man, God does not like certain stuff, it seems like. Or there, there's a lot of cautions that he provides. So this one about vanity of vanities, like being mindful of taking off the old self and so we can put on the new self. Um, that second reading, which is not really ironic, but symbolically just... Is often a reading associated with funerals so like when we die like what is what do we have left but we have to cleanse and purify ourselves recognizing christ is all in all Uh, and then this last one richness it's not measured by material goods a friend of mine she uh, for for many years traveled down to haiti on her fall breaks and spring breaks and would help out at an orphanage there and she loved it so much so that after she graduated college she moved down there to help teach and she still lives down there and kind of started a, a, another shop as well. But each time she'd come back, she would just have this glow about herself. She'd have this, this happiness, this, this simplicity. And I was like, Leanne, like, what, what is so good about being down there? You're, you're working with orphanages. You're working with, with kids that have nothing. Sometimes they don't even have a roof where they sleep. She says, yeah, but they're just so happy. They've got nothing. Like, Well, they don't know what they don't have. They have one another, they have their life, they have their goodness, and it's like, yeah, that's an important thing to remember. The other important thing to note about this gospel is God does not and is not against wealth. Like, that's a really important thing. Sometimes people think, oh, God hates wealth, right? No, no, no. God doesn't hate anything, first of all. But secondly, God warns us about hoarding. That's what he's warning about. So when you hear that gospel and you say, like, this guy's got all this, all this grain, all this wheat, he's like, where am I going to put it? I'll just make bigger barns. Like, that, does that make any sense? Just, just give the wheat away, man. Just, like, give it to people. It's fine. Because life's not promised beyond the moment. And it makes me think of the Egyptians. Now, there's just a documentary that came out and it showed uh, King Tut's tomb or some Pharaoh's tomb. And it's just full of stuff dude, you're dead. No one's going to use this. And this whole concept that you're going to need in the afterlife, wrong. But whatever, okay. You needed Jesus in your life, but now we've got Jesus, so we're fine. So the idea is like, there's nothing wrong with wealth. There's nothing wrong with acquiring goods through time. But it's what do we do with those goods? And this brings up, in my mind, a really important thing for us to consider, which is stewardship. In stewardship, you often hear time, talent, treasure. Well, in the the first homilies I gave here, I emphasized three key points. I don't know if anyone remembers them, but it was sacraments, community, and school. So if we center ourselves and our lives around Jesus and his sacraments, we build our community and we help the school, which then helps the community and builds our sacraments. So it's a back and forth. So stewardship, time, talent, treasure. I don't have a lot of treasure my talents are very limited but what i do have is time and so uh, this begins by my own self-examination what am i going to do as your new pastor uh, to pour in my time as a stewardship and so in the bulletin this weekend i have six key uh, points six key outliers i'm going to mention them today because the question is going to be posed to everyone else where is the lord asking me in my life to discern that gift of time or talent or treasure. So I've had to examine myself and I have to say, Lord, what do you want me to pour out? Now, granted, I'm pouring out not for the sake of vanity. That's the caution, right? So we don't pour out like, oh, Father, you're doing so much. No, no. It's what we pour out out of love. So here are the six things, six ways to grow. First, confessions. Confessions. I'm a big advocate for confessions. I think confession's really great. I go to confession regularly myself. But right now, we only have one dedicated time for confession, Saturdays, 4.15 to 5.15. And I've had like four people come. So, I know everyone needs to go to confession. I know that you're all very holy, however. I also know that there's great graces involved. So, at least beginning this week and, and moving forward and we'll keep evaluating as we go. But beginning this week, before each of the evening masses on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So from 4.15, no, sorry, 4.45 to like 5.15, 30 minutes, I'll be here for confessions. I'm going to be here. Whether you come or not, I'm going to be here. Because that's an important reality that there are more times available. So that's the first one. Secondly, I love our school. They've been painting the school all week. It's so great. Our school only goes up to sixth grade. Abby, I know, wants an eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade. Pray, pray be God, maybe we'll get there someday. But for right now, after sixth grade, and for any families that aren't in the school, what do we have for religious education? The thing is, we don't. I can't promise or guarantee I'm going to resolve that this year. But confirmation prep for sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, is something that I'm really aware of and something that I think really needs some attention. And so whatever has to be done to provide that, I'm going to do. But moving forward, what kind of religious educational prep can we do in conjunction with the school or in support of that, um, is something that needs to be discerned. Third, you know, we have our youth. That's so good. But there's way more adults here than there are youth. And so what kind of adult formation can we provide? Bible studies, um, small Christian communities, just opportunities to encounter one another in faith. So that becomes something I want to develop and create and work with with uh, everyone. Um, and that might be, you know, weekly classes or lessons or um, bringing in speakers and stuff. But adult formation, because our sacramental formation or our formation as Christians does not end at confirmation, right? It goes beyond that. And, and we need to constantly be learning and growing. Fourth, this is probably where, the, like, the greatest passion lies, is, uh, is young people. So high schoolers and, and, and college students, these people right here. Ben's going to be in high school soon, but the rest of them and those that are out there. Like there's no youth group. There's no college um, stuff going on. Uh, so I want to change that. I want to find a way to provide encounter and community uh, for the students and those young people. Um, I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but if we don't provide some type of encounter, they're not going to come. And there's at least three high schools around us with approximately 800 high schoolers and I don't know where they are so we got to find ways to get them back last two if we can root and ground ourselves in worship of God primarily through something like a first Friday where we have adoration um, that's going to become a really good thing for our parish because when we pray before the Lord in the tabernacle that's good but when we pray before the Lord in the exposed Eucharist it's even better because so we can have a conversation with them then we can look at him and he can look at us and we can like explore like reveal what is what's heavy in our hearts we can have that conversation uh, so beginning this Friday we're actually going to have adoration 4 30 to 5 30 before mass lastly it's so great to see all of you but I also know that there are people who aren't here and I know there are people who aren't here sometimes because they can't be sometimes because they have no way of getting here Uh, sometimes because of illness and so homebound ministry is a really important reality that we can instantly like correct and rectify Um, because our community is bigger than just the people that fill the pews our community is ultimately wabash our community is (laughs) the boundaries of wabash county essentially and all those souls all those people you know they, they need us. And that's why our prayers are so important. That's why uh, what we provide to the community is so important. But these are ways that I've discerned I need to begin pouring out. Now some of you might say, Father, I don't have a lot of treasure either, but I have time. Great, come to adoration. Father, I don't have a lot of time, but I have some talent and I can provide this gift of like helping with religious education. Awesome, I'll take it. Because the end result is there's one of me there's hundreds of you. And it's together that we form this community. It's together that we give of ourselves to grow. And so here's the last question to consider. What life goals do you have? I don't need an answer right now, but like, what are our life goals? You know, we talk to young people, like what's your life goal? I wanna go to school, get a good job, make a lot of money. Well, when we pursue those earthly materialistic desires, that's when we fall into the vanity. What's my life goal? I want to be a saint. I want to make it to heaven. I want, I want people to know Jesus Christ. If that's my life goal, then, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff I can do to, to make that happen. But we have to examine that for ourselves. What is my life goal, and how is maybe my life goal or a life goal centered around Jesus? What's something I have to do to start making progress in that direction? So my life goal is, yeah, to be a saint and... To get souls to heaven. I think these are good beginning life goals to start and maybe in time we discover others. The last part is this, our faith has to move away from a transactional ministry. The idea that we come in, we sit down, we check a box, we get our host, we go on our way, like that has to end and that mindset has to end. Like our faith is not just a transaction like I come, I sit, I go, I do. Jesus, he wants to transform our lives. And our life has to be a transformative ministry. So what we do is not just like for the sake of doing it. It's for the sake of transformation. And maybe that's a part of the life goal. My life goal is to be transformed by the one who made me. Uh, So I I present this to you. I I give you my heart. I give you my my soul. I give you everything I've got because I've got nothing else to give but this because there's nothing else more important than the care of your souls. So the wrap-up, the nugget, the thing to consider, the challenge for us, how is the Lord inviting me into a different type of stewardship, time, talent, treasure, and maybe one of these ways or a different way? What is my life goal or life goals I have and how can they be more focused on Jesus? And in that, am I allowing my life to be transformed and not just be a transaction.